Boy, these conservatives are really something, aren't they? They're all in favor of the unborn. They will do anything for the unborn. But once you're born, you're on your own. <laughs> Pro-life conservatives are obsessed with the fetus from conception to nine months. After that, they don't want to know about you. They don't want to hear from you. No nothing. No neonatal care, no daycare, no Head Start, no school lunch, no food stamps, no welfare, no nothing. If you're pre-born, you're fine. If you're preschool, you're f <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Carlin. You've nailed it again. From the grave. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yep. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the Bradcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO and Eugene's KEPW. Lancaster, Pennsylvania's WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, in Palinville, New York on WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, Seattle's KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day on the internet. It's on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, Detour Talk, and all your favorite podcast sites. Well, most of them blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow. <clears throat> Says me. From Bradblog.com, thank you for joining us again for another lie-free, disinformation-free hour of the Bradcast, where we are not just asking questions here, we're actually helping you to understand your world with independently verifiable facts and evidence that are not literally funded, literally, provably funded by the Kremlin. We are funded by listeners like you, and that is it, and that is the end. So thank you for joining us for the broadcast. Uh, between the January 6th hearings and the Supreme Court and everything else over the past week or two, we have not had any time to touch base on the continuing atrocities that are being carried out by the imperialist Russian forces against its sovereign neighbor of Ukraine. And in case you uh, follow media that uh, for some reason forgot to tell you about these things today as they serve as mouthpieces for Russian propaganda or as literally in the case, you know, for example, in the show that precedes ours here on uh, at KPFK this time of the week, literally hosted by a guy who is paid by Russian state-controlled media to distract you from Russia's horrors and war crimes, who works for state-controlled media. 
uh, Russian state-controlled media, one by the name of Sputnik. But he just can't seem to remember to mention that when he's on our air, on our public airwaves here at KPFK. Anyway... Yes, here's some actual news. Scores of civilians are feared killed or wounded in yet another Russian atrocity on Monday. A Russian missile stri- uh, strike on a crowded shopping mall in Ukraine's central city of Kremenchuk. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky said in a Telegram post that the number of victims was, quote, unimaginable citing reports that more than 1,000 civilians were inside this mall at the time of the attack. Images from the scene show giant plumes of black smoke from the shopping center engulfed in flames, emergency crews rushing in, and onlookers watching in distress. At least 11 people were dead uh, and more than 40 wounded, according to uh, the regional governor there, Uh, who said that the rescuers were continuing to comb the smoldering debris for more victims. Zelensky said the target presented, quote, no threat to the Russian army and had, quote, no strategic value. He accused Russia of sabotaging people's attempt to live a normal life. The Ukrainian military said the shopping center was hit by missiles fired by Russia, uh, long-range Russian long-range bombers from the skies over the western Kursk region of Russia. The Russian strike carried echoes of attacks earlier in the war that caused large numbers of civilian casualties that you may or may not have heard about, such as one in March on Mariupol, uh, uh, on a theater in Mariupol where uh, many civilians had holed up killing an estimated 600 of them at the time. Another in April on a train station, an attack in eastern Kramatorsk that left at least uh, 59 people dead. Just in case your favorite media outlet has forgotten to be anti-war and has forgotten to condemn these types of atrocities, uh, as they rightly would had they been carried out by U.S. imperial forces against other sovereign nations. The attack uh, in Ukraine came as Russia was mounting an all-out assault on the last Ukrainian stronghold in eastern Ukraine's Luhansk province, quote, pouring fire on the city of Lysyshansk from the ground and the air, according to the local governor there. Western leaders, meanwhile, pledged steadfast and continuing support for Kyiv, NATO will agree to deliver further military support to Ukraine, including secure communication and anti-drone systems. When its leaders convene in Spain for a summit, according to the military's alliance, uh, to the military alliance's secretary general to the west of Lysis Chonks on Monday, the mayor of the city of Slovyansk, potentially the next major battleground in this war, said that Russian forces fired cluster munitions on the city after dawn, including one that hit a residential neighborhood, blew out most of the windows in the surrounding apartment blocks and the cars below. Everything is now destroyed, said one local resident. We are the only people left living in this part of the building. There is no power. She said in tears as she spoke about it, I can't even tell others what has happened to us. So we will do our best to do so. Attacks like that on residential dwellings have been carried out throughout this now then uh, more than four month assault that Russia state controlled media still describes only as a special operation 
You know, as opposed to a full-blown war and invasion on a sovereign neighbor fighting to protect its own territory and people. In other developments related over the weekend in Germany's Bavarian Alps, leaders of the Group of Seven countries pledged to continue supporting Ukraine, quote, for as long as it takes. In a joint statement on Monday after they held a session by video link with Zelensky, the leaders underlined their, quote, unwavering commitment to support the government and people of Ukraine in their courageous defense of their country's sovereignty and territorial integrity. The U.S., meanwhile, appeared ready to respond to Zelensky's call for more air defense systems after Russian troops hit the Ukrainian capital of Kiev with long-range missiles on Sunday. Again, maybe you haven't heard about that today. Now you have. Washington was expected to announce the purchase of an advanced surface-to-air missile system for Ukraine's defense. Here at home, some uh, surprise news on uh, Monday afternoon. The House January 6th panel says it is calling a last-minute surprise hearing on Tuesday. Did you hear that, Desi Doyen? Surprise! <laughs> yeah, yes, right? I did. <laughs> yep. uh, to present, uh, quote, recently obtained evidence, unquote, after previously saying that the bipartisan select committees investigate, investigating the January 6th insurrection and Donald Trump's many attempts to steal the 2020 presidential election. They had said they'd be taking a break until mid-July. Desi was happy about it, smiling, finally getting some rest. And now, <laughs> bad news for you, Desi Doyle. Well, listen, hey, I am I am glad that they are investigating this and laying it out in such a clear and concise way for the American people. So at least, no matter what happens, there is a record of it. For history. Of what happened. And yeah, by the way, the uh, Department of Justice seems to be taking notice and seems to be increasing their investigation. Uh, News just broke here as we were going to air that the attorney, John Eastman, this uh, rogue right wing attorney, I guess I have to call him an attorney, uh, who lied about what Mike Pence could or couldn't do on January 6th. Apparently, uh, when he was his uh, apartment was his home was raided uh, recently, his um, uh, the the FBI apparently took his his phone, the one that he communicated with everybody else with. So maybe we'll learn something on that in the days ahead tomorrow. Uh, Tuesday's newly announced hearing will begin at 1 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday, so 10 a.m. Pacific time. And uh, of course, we will be turning back to our special coverage thereafter on the broadcast. The new hearings on Tuesday come after Congress had already left Washington for a two-week recess. So it's very interesting, very unusual. Uh, The committee has not identified the witness or witnesses for Tuesday's hearing as it did for previous hearings. However, the committee's investigation has been ongoing over the past three weeks as they've carried out so far five public hearings in those weeks. The nine-member panel has continued throughout to receive and compile new evidence during that time and is said to have recently obtained new footage of then-President Donald Trump and his inner circle, including his family, that was taken both before and after January 6th from British filmmaker Alex Holder. Holder said last week that he had complied with a congressional subpoena to turn over all footage that he shot in the final weeks of Trump's 2020 reelection campaign. And I believe he also met with the committee behind closed doors last Thursday. 
The filmmaker said the footage includes exclusive interviews with Donald Trump, with his kids, and then Vice President Mike Pence while on the campaign trail, as well as before and after the Capitol insurrection. <laughs> Lawmakers had said the future hearings would focus on domestic extremists who breached the Capitol that day and on what then-President Donald Trump was doing as the violence unfolded, doing and or not doing. Committee member Adam Schiff, a Democrat from California, he's our uh, L.A. representative here, actually, on uh, Sunday during an appearance on NBC's Meet the Press, he said, quote, the next couple of hearings will cover the run up to January 6th, the marshalling of his mob that appeared on the mall that day and the attack on the Capitol. The final hearing, he continued, will cover what the president was doing and, more importantly, what he was not doing as we were being attacked. Basically, he said, the president's flagrant dereliction of duty while the Capitol was being attacked. But that was before the announcement about the new hearing on Tuesday. What we will get on Tuesday remains to be seen, but we will be there and we will be here to cover it for you on the broadcast. Also, I should note, Tuesday is a big election day for voters in Illinois, Colorado, Oklahoma, Utah, New York is having their uh, governor uh, governor election and state assembly uh, election. Their congressional election has been moved to August because of the fights over the uh, redistricting there in New York. There'll be runoffs in Mississippi, runoffs in South Carolina. As always, we'll be keeping our eye on any Noteworthy problems for voters at the polls, particularly with voting systems in those states, and we'll have any noteworthy results worth reporting to you anyway on Wednesday's broadcast. In the meantime, of course, the nation has been reeling uh, with demonstrations all across the country over the weekend regarding the corrupt, extremist, radical, activist, and unprecedented ruling on Friday by the U.S. Supreme Court's Packed and stolen six to three Republican majority, which overturned Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey in one fell swoop. Largely, since the opinion was released, the question in my mind was pretty much two simple words. What now? Well, I've got a few thoughts on that. Maybe you do, too. If you do, uh, I would love to try and open the phones uh, again today at 818-985-5735, 818-985-5735, not only on what now, but also where where do we go from here? What will happen next? What must happen next in order to avoid what? Absolutely will happen next. But on any aspect of all of this, if you'd like to get, you know, get it all off your chest after a grim, maddening and even terrifying several days in these United States, following the first time in history that the Supreme Court has actually taken away an individual right, a well-established constitutional right for individuals, 818-985-KPFK is our number. We are still in fun drive here at KPFK, so if you're listening live in our uh, live Southern California listening area or via our web stream, when you call in, be sure to hit number one to talk to me on air or hit number two if you'd like to donate to our ongoing emergency fun drive here at KPFK, where, no kidding, we could really use any support you could offer. 
And by the way, since most of our uh, many affiliate stations also rely on donations from listeners, uh, if you're not listening live here in Southern California, please do consider making a donation behalf of, on behalf of the broadcast to any station that you may have come to rely on for your daily broadcast. I know they'd appreciate it and need it. Before we get to the Roe case and, and perhaps even the case that robbed states of the rights to well regulate the concealed carry of firearms... On Monday, the uh, court issued another controversial ruling, this time on school prayer, which is basically this. If you are a white coach, football coach, who takes a knee to pray on the football field after a game, you cannot be fired. The Constitution's separation of church and state be damned. If, on the other hand, you are a black football player who takes a knee to protest racial injustice on a football field during a game, well, in that case, yeah, you can be fired. In yet another case where the corrupt 6-3 to three majority opinion came as little surprise, the Supreme Court on Monday sided with a high school football coach from Washington State who sought to kneel and pray on the, 50, on the field's 50-yard line after games, a decision that could strengthen the acceptability of some religious practices in other public school settings. The justices said the coach's prayer was protected by the First Amendment. The case forced the justices to wrestle with how to balance the religious and free speech rights of teachers and coaches with the rights of students not to feel pressured into participating in religious practices. The decision is the latest in a line of Supreme Court rulings in favor of religious plaintiffs. In another recent example, the court ruled this month that the state of Maine cannot exclude religious schools from a program that offers tuition aid for private education, a decision that could ease religious organizations' access to your taxpayer money. In a dissent on Monday, Justice uh, Sonia Sotomayor wrote that in the uh, coach decision, uh, quote, that it sets us further down a perilous path in forcing states to entangle themselves with religion. She was joined in her dissent by Justice Stephen Breyer and uh, Justice Elena Kagan, the court's six right wingers, three of whom were nominated by Donald Trump. And seated with the barest of majorities after Republicans did away with the need to overcome a filibuster with 60 votes for lifetime appointments to the highest court in the land. Uh, just use the nuclear option there. One of them being seated just eight days before the 2020 election after Mitch McConnell had changed the number of justices on the court from Nine to eight for a full year in 2016. Now they're pretending we can't change the number of uh, justices on the Supreme Court. Really? You did it for a year, Mitch. Uh, after claiming that it was too close to an election to name a new justice uh, to replace the late Antonin Scalia after he died in February of election year. Meanwhile, you sat someone eight days before the actual election, Senator. Anyway, all six of them on the stolen and packed majority voted in favor of further eroding longstanding U.S. constitutional separation of church and state. In a statement, the school district in question in Bremerton, Washington, and their attorneys at Americans United for Separation of Church and State said the decision undermines that separation required by the Constitution. Well, it used to be. 
The school district said that it had, quote, followed the law and acted to protect the religious freedom of all students and their families. Three justices on the court, that would be the liberals, Breyer, uh, Kagan, and, uh, and one right-winger, Sam Alito, attended public schools. Everyone else all attended Catholic schools. Which brings us to uh, Alito's radical extremist ruling on behalf of the majority on Friday to overturn the half-century-old constitutional right to privacy and reproductive freedom established by Roe v. Wade in 1973, an opinion written by a Republican-appointed justice back in 1973. And that decision from Friday to overturn it is now wreaking havoc across the country and GOP-controlled states are scrambling to exercise their newly found big government ability to criminalize medical procedures for women and force them to bear children, even those of their rapists or in cases of incest. Now, I received, interestingly enough, uh, quite a few comments from listeners after our Friday's show um, when I had a bit of a rant on on that news that was breaking on Friday. Yeah, just a bit. Just a bit. Uh, <laughs> but it was interesting because... Uh, I, you know, it was a sort of a righteous rant on the corruption of the court in both its overturning of Roe and its completely ignoring the, quote, well-regulated part of the Second Amendment to overturn the century-old law regarding concealed carry permits in New York. And now, thanks to the corrupt court, the entire country where those laws will now be struck down as unconstitutional, where states' rights to well-regulate firearms no longer, it seems, are allowed to apply. Uh, if you missed that Friday rant, you can download and listen to it, if you like, via bradblog.com in the item headlined Supreme Corruption. Um, but others uh, had had thoughts uh, via email to brad, bradcast at bradblog.com after I got a lot of comments from listeners thanking me for that rant on Friday, which was unusual. I mean, I hear from listeners a lot, but they don't often write to say thank you. I well, don't know why. I, I think... Maybe they're rude. Maybe that's it. <laughs> no, I think in this case, you um, you managed to, at least for me, give voice to a lot of the rage and frustration and the, uh, just the, I, I guess, what would be the word? Incandescent rage that made me somewhat <laughs> um, unable to uh, articulate very clearly what it was I wanted to say that would be useful on FCC radio. <laughs> so you took care of that. Thank you. <laughs> And, and all on FCC Radio. Uh, if you have any incandescent rage that you would like to share with us, feel free. 818-985-KPFK is our phone number, 818-985-5735. But sticking with the idea of, of, of religion and the justices on our high court in regard to the unprecedented overturning of Roe, uh, Ellen from Washington writes in to bradcast at bradblog.com to note, uh, quote, if you get a chance, please mention that this was a religious decision, talking about Roe, not a constitutional one. The fact that it mentions the, quote, critical moral question posed by abortion, critical moral question posed by abortion, unquote, demonstrates this very clearly, she writes. In Judaism, it is not immoral. And she notes, I believe it's not immoral in Islam, and it's not explicitly immoral in many Protestant religions, but Catholicism declares it a sin. And coincidentally, she writes, the justices who overturned Roe, five of them, 
are Catholic. Hmm. Actually, I think all six of them. Uh, with this decision and uh, the main decision regarding taxpayer funding to private religious schools, uh, she writes, the court has now made Catholicism the law of the land. I wonder about the main decision. Would it have been the same if the school which brought the suit had been a Jewish private school? A Muslim school? Yeah. A madrasa? Can you see the Supreme Court standing up for that? A Buddhist school or one of Satan worshippers? Ellen concludes, the sun does not shine as brightly as it used to. Uh, No, it does not. On the guns matter and uh, states' rights, well, it's no longer a right, I guess. Well, uh, the the states' rights to well-regulate the public carrying of concealed weapons. Festert, too, writes into Bradcast at bradblog.com to note, conceal and carry on steroids. We are now being ruled by the authoritarian SCOTUS. The SCOTUS has made it impossible to control gun violence in states. Anyone, anywhere can carry a gun except at Republican functions or rallies. Why, he asks, because they do not want to be victims of a mass murder. That is for school children. Moreover, Festert notes, the hypocritical Republican candidates are accusing Democratic politicians of crime and violence. Thank you, Fester. Uh, got your thoughts, uh, got your own thoughts on, on what this Supreme Court is now doing. 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK, hit number one. And uh, let's see, uh, one more before we get to our break here. Uh, new polling released by Gallup last week finds that the American public's confidence in the U.S. Supreme Court has plummeted sharply over the past year to reach, quote, a new low in Gallup's nearly 50 years of polling on this question. Just 25 percent of U.S. adults now they say now say they have either a great deal or quite a lot of confidence in the U.S. Supreme Court. Just 25 percent of the American public now has confidence in its own high court. That is down 11 points from just one year ago. When uh, the court had the confidence of an already low 36 percent. But that approval rating is now five percentage points, 25 uh, percent is now five percentage points lower than its all time lowest record. But guess what? This polling from Gallup was taken before Friday's unprecedented ruling overturning for the first time in American history an individual constitutional right. I suspect it's fair to say that the next polling on this from Gallup on confidence in the high court is going to be probably lower than 25 percent, lower than a bare one quarter of the American public where it sits right now. And it's not only down, by the way, among Democrats. Confidence in the Supreme Court is down by double digits among both Democrats and independence this year. It's largely unchanged among Republicans. So as to the question, what now, that I'm asking you, what now, what next, I suspect longtime listeners will know that my first response to that question, organize and vote. Vote like your lives and your rights depended on it, because if you haven't noticed by now, they absolutely do. What has happened here is only thanks to the fact that Hillary Clinton, who I was not a fan of, but the fact that Hillary Clinton did not win in 2016. 
Without that, we would not be where we are today. And I recall at the time I had a ton of callers calling in to tell me why they were not voting uh, for, for her or they weren't going to vote at all in hopes that a Donald Trump presidency would somehow blow up the system enough that it would wake up Democrats from their stupor and finally a new progressive order would emerge. Well, I suppose that could still happen somehow, someday, though it certainly begs the question of how many lives and how many constitutional rights we are willing to sacrifice along the way, along the now generations that it will most likely take to correct the far right extremism and authoritarianism that we are now facing. As political science and uh, public policy expert Rachel Bitkoffer uh, tweeted following the uh, decision on Roe on Friday, quote, don't forget, we could be living under a liberal court majority right now, one that fixed gerrymandering, one that fixed Citizens United. That's what the Clinton legacy would have been, she writes. Yeah, she would have been able to seat two or three progressive appointees to the high court instead of Trump seating three far-right extremists. Bitcoffer says we can't continue to hurt ourselves by not voting. Got that? Uh, she's right, of course, at least as I see it. You may see it differently. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. 818-985-KPFK. Uh, what now? Where do we go from here? What's next? Now that the 14th Amendment's right to due process and privacy for intimate personal matters has been struck down in the Dobbs ruling overturning Roe, the court's most corrupt activist jurist, Clarence Thomas, has called for overturning other intimate, personal, private constitutional rights, like uh, such as the rulings in Obergefell, in Lawrence v. Texas, in Griswold. Those are th three uh, rulings that established constitutional rights to marriage equality, same-sex intimacy, and even contraception. That's what Clarence Thomas wants to overwrite and overrule next. That's what he wrote in his concurring opinion. Do you believe him? I, I think you should. Interestingly, Thomas, who is in, in an interracial marriage with the uh, corrupt right-wing uh, activist Ginny Thomas, um, he didn't mention Loving v. Virginia for some reason, the case that established the individual private right to interracial marriage, which was based on the very same thing as Roe and Obergefell and Lawrence and Griswold. I wonder why Clarence Thomas didn't mention that. And what now? Well, at this point, I'd love to see someone challenge the constitutional right to interracial marriage on the very same basis that Thomas included in his concurrence to knock down Roe. And the rest of the court's right wingers used to determine that Roe was decided, quote, egregiously wrong from the start. Really? Well, if so, then I suppose loving v. Virginia was egregiously wrong from the start as well. Wasn't it Clarence? Of course, as I see it, it's all now about voting. Yes, even voting for a candidate that you may be less than crazy about in order to make sure that Democrats retain their majority in the U.S. House and add at least two Senate seats so that then they can do away with the filibuster in order to make the protections of Roe v. Wade the federal law of the land. It's easy to do if they can get those extra two votes in the Senate. And they can do that. And then in January, they can do it. And anyone who tells you otherwise, frankly, is lying to you. 
Yes, it can be done. 818-985-KPFK. Your turn to ring in. Your turn to use your public airwaves before they are uh, taken away even more than they already have been taken away from you already. Got that, Gary? Are we good? All right. I'm Brad Friedman. You are listening to The Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. Our nightmare election may be over, but new ones are on the way. Here at the Bradcast and bradblog.com, we fight for election integrity all year around, like no other media outlet in the nation. But of course, we need your help to do it. Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate to make an automated monthly pledge of any amount you like or even just a one-time-only contribution to help us remain on your public airwaves and completely independent. The fight for voting rights, civil rights, and to save our planet continues. Please help us continue that fight independently over your public airwaves by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate right now. Go ahead, do it right now. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. So the first task is to be really clear that that message that things are okay is an anesthetizing fantasy that we have been sold to to create paralysis in us. This is bad, it's horrible, and it will get worse. The second conjoined responsibility is to not let that further paralyze us, to in fact take the awfulness, the badness, the injustice, and And remember that it is incumbent on us to not give in to despair or hopelessness, but instead to continue the work. We have an ample history in this country of both progress and regress. The fantasy that we were only going to move in one direction and that things were going to be okay was an absolute denial of the reality of the injustices and power imbalances that this country was built around. And it is our job, even living through the regress, especially living through the regress, to continue the fight to make things more just in the future, whether or not we live to see victories. It is incumbent on us, therefore, to use hope not as some feel-good measure, but as to regard it as a tactical necessity and a moral and civic responsibility, to feel the hope and keep moving and keep fighting and keep organizing and to look for the people who have been doing it throughout while all the messages were Everything's fine. Nothing's going to be overturned. You're all being, oh, you're all overreacting. You're all being hysterical. No, there have been people who have been doing the work of getting people who need abortion care, reproductive health care on the ground through the erosions of Roe for many decades. And we should be looking to them now as a model, looking to support their work, fund their work, and expand it in this next chapter. And we'll rise up. I like the waves. We'll rise up. Inspire. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. That was author Rebecca Traster responding to Roe and the overturning thereof. And what we need to do next. What next? 818-985-KPFK. Let me go straight to the phones. Your thoughts on Roe. Get it off your chest. Now's the time because we've got a lot of work to do. D in Los Angeles. Hey, D. welcome to the Bradcast. Thank you so much, and I love your show, and I'm, I'm so happy to have someone so smart and intelligent on the radio. Thank you, Dee. I wanted to say that um, I didn't see it, but I did catch Janelle Monet 
she was on the BET Awards show or something, mm -hmm. and she just put her finger up and gave a finger and said, after the Supreme Court, and I felt she spoke for a lot of us. I've been saying for a long time that women have got to stand up more, and that would be around the world, but I'm going to talk about the United States, but all over where women are being just treated like they are, like, not really human. I think there was, uh, in the beginning, there was a man and a woman, and I don't understand why men and some follower women are still trying to make women feel that they're not quite fully human mm. and that they don't deserve the same equality. But I felt that way always. My mom was a strong leader, as well as there are others, so many, obviously, um, and she died young. But um, wow. it, it, it's just so disgusting to me, and I've been watching women for a long time. As I've gotten older, young women, all of us have always been fighters, but uh, the ones I know. But, but women today have got to realize they can't just uh, live life like uh, like you said. Every, everything is fine. Mm -hmm. it, it's really being hoodwinked. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Dee. Thanks for your thoughts. Uh, we've got to stand up. We've got to speak out. Oh, and does did you just? Uh, yeah, right. you just. Okay, thank you, Dee. I appreciate that call thank a lot. Thank you. So thank you. Yes, we, please uh, tell Alice to call back in. That was totally an accident on my part. I was about so. to go to Alice, as a matter of fact. So, Desi, you are so fired. As <laughs> Sorry, of fact, Alice. If uh, if anyone uh, just got knocked off, please give us a call back eight one eight nine eight five KPFK. Particularly Alice. I don't know what she was going to talk about, but I was just about to go to her. Let me go to Don in Moffat, Colorado. Hey, Don, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you, sir. Sure. I'm calling to encourage everyone to consider becoming an independent. Why? And Well, the reason I think that that's had an advantage for me in this particular election cycle mm -hmm. is that as an independent, I got both the Republican and the Democratic ballot. And then when I scan over the Democratic ballot, it, 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 it just jumps right out at me that I, I barely have any choice. Like there was only one race on the entire ballot mm -hmm. that had more than one candidate. Well, but, but over on the Yeah, go ahead. But over on the Republican ballot, there were all kinds of choices. Mm -hmm. And basically by voting the Republican primary— I could introduce as much havoc to that side as I could think of. <laughs> I see. And by the way, to be clear, Don, uh, if you were sent in Colorado, now it, it, the rules are different everywhere. If uh, Colorado sends both Republican and Democratic ballots to you as an independent, you have the choice. You can only vote one or the other, I believe. Um, yeah. And which one to vote? Yeah. The rules are different in all the states when it comes to primaries and who can vote in them and, and how. And of course, uh, the ballots are different in some states. Uh, you know, Democrats you know, need to vote for progressives to move out some corporatist Democrats. In other cases, they may want to cause havoc like you did, uh, Don, in uh, in the GOP uh, contest. But at least you're participating. And Don, God love you for it. So the, the the thing is, without being an independent, I wouldn't have had the option. Right. In Colorado. And it's not necessarily the same elsewhere. But, no, I hear you. Thanks. I appreciate the thought, Don. Thank you. Yeah. You bet. Uh, 818-985-KPFK. Uh, let me go to – okay, good. We got Alice back. Uh, no pressure, Alice. Uh, you better make it a good one now. How are you, Alice? Okay. Sorry, sorry yeah. we uh, dropped you there. Yeah, what's up? 
Thank you. I'll be real quick. I want to make a comment and comment. Um, I've been talking with friends in Europe, and they've been telling me that they're being warned not to travel in the United States, and they've been issuing guidelines as what to do and to be very careful because so many Americans are packing guns. Mm and they're issuing other things. So I was thinking this could be the beginning of something, if it got out there more, the economic consequences of that, which I, you know, I, yeah. I do think is it may have an impact. That We'll see. But the other thing I wanted to mention is um, I think, and I want to pick your brain on this, I think that the reason that these people are taking away women's rights is this, they're seeking a constituency vote and, of course, uh, cash paybacks, whatever, but I really don't necessarily believe in what they're doing. I think they're sociopaths, and we know that because they lied under oath um, in reference yeah. to uh, abortion being uh, established law. The last thing I want to say is mm-hmm. Giuliani's running his son for governor of New York. Yes, I know. Good, good luck with that. Although, you know, a lot of people say good luck with uh, running Donald Trump for president. And look what ha- look yeah. what happened. So that's I, why you I have don't. to take this stuff seriously. That's why voting yes does matter. Even if you're not crazy about the candidates, it matters because we are sinking. We are sliding into authoritarianism. Well, and yeah, and, and that's got to change and it changes at the cat. ballot box. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's literally become a blood thing, you know. Yeah. If, if you know, like Trump runs and his son runs, or mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's there's too much nepotism. Okay, All right. thank you. Thank thanks, Marcy, uh, Alice. I, I'd really much uh, appreciate that call. Eight one eight nine eight five KPFK is our phone number. Let me go to Gary in Highland Park here in uh, Southern California. Hey, Gary, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Brad, I love your show. Thank, Thank you, you for, for doing this. Thank you, sir. Uh, I, I moved to, California, to L.A. from the East Coast in 99, and I've been a member of KPFK uh, ever since. Thank you for that and as well. Currently a sustainer. Thank anyway, you. I wanted to uh, you com- commented briefly on uh, the 2016 election, brought up Hillary Clinton, et mm-hmm. cetera. Yeah. And quite frankly, I hold Hillary Clinton accountable for what happened in 2016, because she and Debbie Wasserman, as we all know, but many have seemed to have forgotten, conspired against Bernie Sanders to keep mm. him from becoming becoming the candidate. Yeah. And there's obviously no way to know for sure, but yeah. frankly, I believe that Bernie would have won the election and then we wouldn't have had the whole Trump well, there is no way, of course, to know for sure had uh, had Bernie run. That said, the notion I, I um, we we covered it a lot, you know, for twenty years, and I don't know how long what? you've been listening to this show and and uh, read or and or how reading Bradblog. Yeah, and Bradblog.com, we you know covered it. Very, we cover election fraud very closely, and I looked into every claim that was made, uh, you know, about uh, oh, but Hillary stole it from Bernie. The G, uh, the the DNC stole it from Bernie. Yeah, the DNC leadership preferred Hillary. There is absolutely no question about that. But to suggest that somehow they conspired against him and that otherwise he would have won but for that, but for them stealing it. There is just really not evidence for that, Gary. And this is, by the way, coming from someone who was a Bernie supporter. So, uh, you know, I'm not a Hillary supporter out there trying to apologize for her. I'm just telling you what the facts are. And and I you know try to deal with the hard facts, whether I like them necessarily or not. Okay. 
I appreciate that. Uh, and I would also I add, let me, let me also add, Gary, that had two voters in each of the precincts in uh, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan, had just two voters in each precinct voted for Hillary instead of Donald Trump, we would not be looking at this terrifying authoritarian slide that we are now looking at. Well, if you really want to get down to it, uh, it really comes to uh, the uh, uh, the. Now I'm I'm drawing a blank on on what it's called the uh, the electoral college. Yeah, uh, that's the real problem, and we we well, need to uh, yeah. undo the electoral college. I hear you. I I think we got a lot of problems. It's not the real yeah. problem. It's not one problem or another. We got a lot well, of them, sure. but we unless we participate. Uh, we are screwed, even if that participation sometimes means voting for, uh, as they say, the lesser of two evils. And I like to say, well, the lesser of two evils is still less evil. So uh, and we're, we're looking at a lot of evil right now. One last thing I'd like to yep. throw in. Yep. Uh, I voted for the first time in 1972. I was one of the 18 year olds that mm. uh, was out on the streets. Uh, protesting for the right to vote, mm -hmm. won it and voted for George McGovern. And mm -hmm. I have made a point of vo voting in every election I have been uh, el eligible for ever since. Bless and you, I, sir. I re really encourage everyone out there to realize that our votes, even though it seems like they don't count sometimes, if we just get out there and, and vote, it can and will make a difference. Thank you, Gary. Couldn't have said it better myself. Greatly appreciated. And it, I just wanted to yeah. just jump in really quick. Uh, something that he didn't mention was that, remember, in 2014 was when uh, Mitch McConnell became Senate Majority Leader. That's when the die was cast on Mitch McConnell playing out and, and using his plan to mm -hmm. install and steal those Supreme Court seats. Voter turnout in 2014 was 36 percent. Voter turnout in 2016 was 60 percent. So, in that midterm election yeah. that put McConnell in charge, just imagine what he'll do if he gets put in charge again. And now let me say this, because uh, I don't like to blame voters. I'm not blaming voters yeah. for any of this. What I'm saying, uh, you know, they need to turn out. Yes, Democrats and Republicans, for that matter, and anybody else, Greens, Libertarians, need to give the voters something to vote for. So I don't blame the voters for not turning out when they don't turn out. What I'm doing is saying when you don't turn out, it makes a difference and it makes a difference for the worst. So even if those Democrats or progressives or whoever have not given you something to vote for, you got to get out there and vote anyway. And then, yes, hold them accountable. Got to take a quick break here. We'll come back with more of your calls. Marcy in L.A., hang on. Desi, don't hang up on her. 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735. I'm Brad Friedman. You are listening to The Bradcast. Five major corporations now own over 80% of all media in the United States, but they don't control us. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Your support helps us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations across the country. You can make a real difference by supporting independent media. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. Join us at Brad. 
bradblog.com slash donate. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. We have never left individual rights to the states. The whole idea is that women are not second-class citizens, and the government is not the one that will decide about the continuation of a pregnancy. You know, there's no equivalent there for men. So what we believe is that access to abortion, like other medical procedures, should be available across the board to all people in this country. The Republicans have been very overt about trying to get people through the court who didn't have a published record on Roe, but who they knew, wink, wink, nod, nod, were going to be extremists on the issue of Roe versus Wade. And that is exactly what we have ended up with. This court has lost legitimacy. They have burned whatever legitimacy they may still have had after their gun decision, after their voting decision, after their union decision. They just took the last of it and set a torch to it with the Roe versus Wade opinion. I believe we need to get some confidence back in our court, and that means we need more justices on the United States Supreme Court. We've we've done it before. We need to do it again. More justices on that court to even out the corrupt, extreme, radical, not conservative at all right wingers who have been packed onto that stolen court. Thank you, Senator Elizabeth Warren. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com taking your calls in the wake of Roe. What more? What next? Where do we go from here? Let me go. 818-985-KPFK. Let me go to Marcy in L.A. Hey, Marcy, welcome to the Bradcast. Hi, Brad. My opinion about the real reason they reversed Roe versus Wade is because they want access to stem cell and fetal material. So by having knowing that there will be backyard abortion clinics regionalized, you know, in different areas, they'll probably set up a situation where in, in exchange for not getting busted for having an illegal abortion clinic, they'll have to give up their fetal material, their brains. You may recall Ooh. a few years back, Planned Parenthood, uh, there was a recorded conversation about them selling a heart or a brain because it's a Wild West in stem cell development. But that was not true, Marcy. But Marcy, that was not true. What you heard about a few years well, ago was from a journalist. It was from. It, hang on. There was a conversation about it. Yeah, yeah, it and it and it and it was false. The bottom line point is. Okay. I believe that they want more fetal material. So you think they get more fetal material by outlawing abortion? Yeah, because there'll be more abortion backyard clinics. Yeah. Okay. That's a deep. That's a deep conspiracy. Thanks, Marcy. I hear you. The uh, the the phony uh, information you were talking about there came from this uh, liar, this guy who pretends to be a journalist by the name of James O'Keefe, who put together this uh, misedited, deceptively edited video to make it look like there was some sort of scam that parent plan that Parenthood was secretly selling baby parts. I think is the way they uh, described it at the time. It was a lie. It was a scam. Don't buy it. 818-985-KPFK. I'm going to try to fly through as many calls as I can, as quickly as I can. I've got just a few minutes, so very quickly. Gigi in Pasadena, welcome to the broadcast. 
very quickly. Hi, uh, Brad. Hi, Brad. Very quickly. Yeah. Here's what everyone is talking about in different communities. We learned that voting was the best uh, uh, way to go, like everyone is saying. People did it uh, in Stacey Abrams, uh, um, what was it, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and all over. And, and people of color actually got Joe Biden um, elected because uh, because everyone gets it. What has happened since then? They have shut all the voting places down. People in certain, let's face it, uh, areas and districts of color have to wait in line five, six, eight hours. If anyone brings them and hands them a bottle of water even, they can get arrested. They're going to have all of the polling places. Uh, uh, um, What's it? uh, People like the Proud Boys and the Old Mm, Peters, keepers all in charge. And people are saying to me, Gigi, how... How can we even feel that it's even safe? We don't even know if we'll make it back home. Here's how we'll make it safe, Gigi. Yeah, go ahead. Why aren't? I'm just. I'd love to hear the Democrats say, "Don't worry." In every um, state, we're going to make sure that these things that we're going to have uh, volunteers that Mm -hmm. make sure that people are safe. There's not five, eight-hour waiting lines. Go ahead, Brad. Uh, you know, I, I, I would love I would love to hear them say that, too, until they do. In lieu of that, how about we say that? How about we say we are going to be poll workers? We are going to be poll watchers. We are going to make sure that voters are safe, can vote safely, securely, secretly, and their votes can be counted as cast in a way that they can know that it be counted as cast. Too many people are, too many people, hang on, Gigi, too many people are, you know, waiting for someone else to do these things. This is our government is we the people. We need to step up. Don't wait for somebody else to save you. Uh, you know, we, we are the ones we've been waiting for, as the saying goes. Exactly. Thank you. I agree. And we need to say, people, we are going to be sure that everyone is safe. Everyone doesn't have to bring birth certificates and a vial of blood to prove who you are, Thanks. who you are, or when you get there that you're off. But, you, but they need to hear that side of it, too. And one last thing. Oh, quick. Um, they, picked up, they, they picked up my car on Friday. I donated it because of you guys, your show to KPSK. Thank you. Car up at 20. You're welcome, love. Thank you, Gigi. We'll let them know. Uh, All right. Uh, By the way, Kylo Echo tweets me on the Twitters, where you will find me at the Brad blog, to say, I would only point out Hillary didn't campaign hardly at all in the swing state she lost. Uh, No. Oh, shoot. And there we go. No lawn signs or anything. Those two votes per precinct would seem to represent a lackluster campaign from an elitist candidate voters didn't identify with. Well, maybe so. Fair enough. That's fine. Guess what? We're stuck with what we got. We're stuck with this unless we change it. Sure, she was lackluster. Sure, she didn't say all the things that I wanted her to say. You can complain about that if you want, uh, and you can stay home, therefore. And guess what happens? A Donald Trump gets elected, and all of the rights that you have held dear for decades are taken away just like they were on Friday. And make no mistake, there is more to come. Ah, boy, uh, who do I have? How much time do I have here? Not much. One more. Okay, I'm sorry for everybody who called in that I couldn't get to. Thank you for doing so. We'll try to do it again as soon as possible. Let me go to our old friend Morris to finish us up here in Long Beach. Hey, Mo, welcome back to the broadcast, my friend. I'm going to tell you all something. The uh, January 6th committee, they're doing a nice job, but you know what's going to take down the former president? What's that? It's called wire fraud. 
He can't deny that one, Brad. Well behaved yourself. Wire fraud. Okay. I think uh, he's referring to the wire fraud uh, case that could now be brought against Donald Trump since it turns out he lied about uh, fraud in the 2020 election in order to raise $250 million, a quarter billion dollars from his duped groomed followers who believe anything he says, despite all the lack of evidence to prove absolutely any of it. He asked for donations to his uh, election defense fund, which did not exist to the tune of a quarter of a million dollars. So there's your wire fraud that uh, Mo was talking about. Thanks again to everyone who called in. My apologies to those who I just could not get to today, but we will keep up the fight. We'll keep up the conversation. You can drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. As I've already noted, you can find me on the Twitters and the Facebooks at the Bradblog. And any portion of today's show that you missed or any other, you can download for free anytime at bradblog.com. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my board operator, Gary Baca, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. I think that's it. Special coverage of the surprise January 6th hearing on our next Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Good luck, world.